0: Hey, welcome to Kinks in the Road. I'm Marcus. And I am Jake.
1: Uh,
0: this is a podcast about staying on course through all of life's twists and turns.
1: This is a space where we talk about where we've been, where we are, where we're going, and how to get there. Man. Um, so first of all, congratulations on manifesting that uh, parallel universe that we were talking about in the last episode.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I have to
1: give you so much credit because
0: I <laughs> thought of that when I won the International Mr. Leather Contest. Fuck yeah,
1: dude. International. <laughs> international. All right, continue. <laughs>
0: I know. It's so amazing to be international. Although I have to say that like there's only a few countries. I mean, only... Some countries Don't are represented. Diminish it. I'm not trying to diminish it, but I just want to bring in the other countries, like where the Asian countries, where absolutely, like South American countries. There was Colombia that was there, but like, come on, let's let's bring them in. Maybe right? that'll I'm be. I'm calling them in to calling assistance. all
1: corners for the <laughs> IML. So, but maybe that can be one of your things is like promoting, you know, leather in other countries and having them maybe establish something a little bit more. Yeah, yeah that's
0: a that's a huge that's a huge task and i love the <laughs> I mean, idea i okay. said baby you know like, this is this is um one of the things we were talking about before we started recording which is so many dreams so many visions yes. and yes. they're all very appealing and important and enticing but
1: how do we choose that's the question man it's um yeah th- like there feels like we're on the verge of something. It feels like we're on the, you know, we're on the precipice and something big is coming, you know, it feels very urgent and there's all these ideas out there. There's all of these goals, there's all these dreams, aspirations, and the choices are in front of us. And I think it's, it's about prioritizing. And I, that's, I don't know. I just try to make things simple. I try to break things down. Like my brain naturally dissects things. And tries to categorize them so that I can kind of digest it better. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do when I'm trying to make choices. Is like, okay, what is the, it's like, uh, it's like mental space triage. Like, what is the absolute most important thing that I need to focus on right now? And then work outward from there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, what is the thing that I want the most? And sometimes identifying that's hard. Yeah. Like, so it's like, yeah. So what are you what's on your table like what's what have you got out there in the ether
0: yeah well, let's just um make it simple um on top of winning this amazing honor of being the leather representative of uh, the world leather the community, world dude <laughs> all right continue sorry <laughs> um on top of that um I was accepted to u c l a to finish Fuck my yeah. undergraduate. Degree Yes, I am 39 years old and I still do not have my undergraduate degree, which is fine, totally fine. Um, Everybody has their own path. But yeah, so um, I'm trying to figure out how I can um, do IML, be IML, International Mr. Leather, um, and um, do school at the same time, potentially, or maybe why, maybe I need to choose and focus my energy on one and and pick up school again later. Um that's sort of what I'm trying to decide between and for anybody who's not familiar with uh International Mr. Leather, um I am the 45th um International Mr. Leather and um previous International Mr. Leathers tend to do a bunch of traveling around the world and attending a lot of leather community events. And um <clears throat> I am a Sagittarius like Jake. <laughs> They both are, and traveling um, is really, really enticing to me and a, a big part of why I wanted to win. Um, and um, so, to be a full time student, to travel, to work, to have a life aside um, from the, those things, um, that's it's a really a lot. And I want to be really careful to not overextend myself. I'm like, my one of my fears is that. I will take on too much and do everything poorly. (laughs) Mm.
1: Yeah. Like how do we, how do we appropriately manage that, that, uh, undertaking? Yeah. I think, yeah, man, especially, I don't know if you're like this, but I have my hands in so many different things. Sometimes that I feel like I'm octopusing, like there's a tentacle and one, like everything all at once. And I'm moving pieces around all the time. And, Sometimes I do it gracefully and I'm like, oh, I'm like handling this. It's like, that's my sense of balance. But like the real balance comes when I like let go of two tentacles or three or four and like try to come back to like, okay, what do I really, really want to focus my intention on? And that's actually, that's been hard for me. I don't know if other people experience this, but like, and this doesn't have to be just meditation, but in the past I've sat down to meditate and, and clear clear all the static and come back to what it is that I want and I draw a blank I like don't I don't have the questions to ask to receive the answers and I'm I'm at this place where I'm really learning how to refine my language I'm really learning how to refine what it is that I'm looking for so that I can figure out how to get it and I feel like that sounds really pedestrian but like the idea is know what you want and knowing what you want means you have to go through your choices and going through your choices is hard because it's like okay can I compromise or do I have to fully sacrifice something and what is it worth what is the cost sometimes the cost is just time and energy Sometimes the cost is like completely giving that one thing up for now. It doesn't have to be forever, but just for now and then moving forward with the the other thing. And for you it's like the traveling sounds so rad. <laughs> it no, sounds no, no, so no. great. I'm
0: going to travel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> like, that's
1: travel. happening. Like, okay.
0: Even if I am in... It's just how much travel am I going to get to do? Mm. Am I going to get to do as much as I really wanted? Which was like at least um, leaving once, at least once a month. Um, That Meaning maybe even out of the country once a month. I mean, out of the country. Yeah, out of the country. Off of the continent even. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But... um, Or um, will I not get to do as much travel as I wanted? But I think one of the things that we are considering here is like what happens when we're stuck between feeling as though we have to make some sort of decision Mm -hmm. we're sitting here in front of three tarot cards which we um drew together and um, i'm looking at the two of swords and thinking about the two of swords being this sort of like the space where there seems to be a choice that needs to be made yeah. and,
1: and Stand still.
0: it's like you go one direction, do you go the other direction? You know, if this is called kinks in the road, it's sort of a similar situation, but you know, what's interesting. And I'm remembering this through some of my like magical, um, mentors that I've been listening to for a while that there's something really powerful about the crossroad like mm. that crossroad space yeah. is like this like very magical place to be in and
1: it's multicultural like there are so many different stories throughout different cultures about the crossroads and the significance right. of making choices and making deals and setting intentions you know it's all like what this whole thing the octopus thing that i was talking about it's really about balance it's about knowing yourself as well i think that's a big one is like knowing your limits um knowing when to to let go and knowing when to push forward yeah and the only way that i know how to do that is if i'm like if i have a standstill if i like hibernate for a little bit if i sit on it if i gestate if I like meditate for a bit and then kind of recalibrate I mean, and look at the situation, sorry, what no,
0: no, sorry like, <laughs> uh I think one of the things that we're we're talking about here is like, yeah, taking a break, yeah, to allow inspiration to come in but absolutely i I paused you and interrupted you because the one of the other cards that's here is the card called intuition. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. It's like, how do we access our intuition? And there's, you know, I have a a, a bunch of different ways <laughs> that I get in tune with Same. that.
1: Yeah,
0: And um, I think that maybe that's exactly where we both are right now is trying to like really, really tune into that intuition. And I suppose maybe a benefit could be sharing the ways that we can I
1: was touch. just about to say that. What is your favorite way... To tap into your intuition? Girl, she's just asking me my favorite way. Like, I have to choose, like... <laughs> We're uh, all... It's about choices, right? Like, like a favorite
0: star okay. in the sky. Oh, How God. dare you? I love them all.
1: And I can't choose. Um, what... Okay, so... What was the last thing that you did to access your intuition?
0: No, I'm just going to make a list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love it. Oh, okay.
1: Well, it, I will talk about the last
0: one. Because okay. I just had... I just had a really fun experience. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to tell you a little story. Story time. So my mother takes care of a little boy, and he is also a Sagittarius. Of course. And um, she's been taking care of him for two years. He's like two and a half or so now. And um, he loves his Mickey Mouse toy, oh. his stuffed Mickey Mouse. and He loves That's to sweet. bite his nose. And I told my mother, like, get him the the Fantasia Mickey in the like magician, yes, outfit, Sorcerer's that's the, Apprentice. That's the best one. It's the best one. Anyway, but uh, instead of getting it for the boy, um, she got it for me, <gasps> and so I'm a grown man with this <laughs> Mickey Mouse, this magic Mickey Mouse in my room, and um, and best. I was a bit, I was a little like. Embarrassed maybe, you know, for all my hookups that come over. Oh, um, I totally no, I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. But I've grown to be like, no, 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 this is okay. And even when I went over to Hunter and Charlie's place, they have toys and they have stuffed toys in their room too.
1: Like anyway, so No no no. It's 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 nice to feel like validated and like oh it's okay, you yeah. know? I felt weird when I had my altar. I mean, I live in a studio, so my altar's like right next to my bed and it's a giant table. So I had to get used to that, too. But continue your story.
0: Yeah, so anyway, so I have I leave Mickey out all the time. He's fine. And he sits <laughs> in a chair. And when I'm not in the chair, um, he sits on my bed. But last night, I'm really into dream analysis, which is one of my new ways. Or not new, but um, one of the ways that I've been like trying to focus on more. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't always remember my dreams, though, unfortunately. Same. I started taking melatonin gummies uh, at night for, before bed because I wondered if it would help me dream yeah. more. It definitely helps me sleep consistently, which I love, but doesn't always like make me dream or doesn't necessarily have any connection to making me dream. But mm. last night, I decided to do something really different. And I... I got Mickey Mouse, and I sat him in the pillow next to, next to me on my queen-size bed. I only ever sleep on half of the bed. And I tucked him in with a blanket, really, really care. Intentionally. I put a lot of care, yeah. right? And I whispered into his eye. I said, Mickey, please send me some dreams tonight that I can remember. And I hope, you know, you have really good dreams and I hope you sleep really well. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I decided I'd just like try that and uh, see if it made any difference. And I woke up this morning and I remembered a shit ton of material from my dreams. And what's fascinating is that when I like take the time to really pay attention to all that information and when I... And take the time to analyze yeah. all that information. I find myself getting inspired to do different things that maybe I wouldn't have done. I'm actually gonna go record another podcast at 3 p.m. today. And <laughs> Look at
1: her double dipping. I mean okay. <laughs> when you're a celebrity When you're a fucking celebrity, <laughs> you do what you want, bitch. Period. There so you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say uh I tried to do different things to uh, inspire dreams, and I, when I went to the Green Man, uh, what is it, North Hollywood? It's somewhere over there, over the over the hills somewhere. Over the hills somewhere, it sounds majestic. It uh, Sounds like
0: somewhere over the rainbow. But
1: the yeah, <laughs> the Green Man is a wonderful shop. Everybody should check it out if you're in the LA area, um, and I I was drawn to a ruby, a sapphire, and some other shit that I can't remember. But I remember the Ruby and the Sapphire specifically because the Ruby under my pillow, and it's the intention of like, oh, I'm putting this, I'm doing this thing that I'm, I'm willing to, for me to remember these dreams. The Ruby gave me really fucked up weird dreams. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just remembered the dreams and they happened to be fucked up. But the Sapphire was like this crazy, interesting adventure with, it was like jam packed full of symbolism. And... When I broke down the dream, it was like, it was a wonderful reflection of where I am and where I wanted to be and how I'm aligned in those things. And like what I really needed to get over, uh, what, like what the main obstacle was, um, was my fear of, of greatness. like, it's not the fear of failure. It's the fear of greatness of like knowing that I am meant to do something wonderful here. And the steps that I need to take to do it, um, I'm actively not pursuing because this, that means that I'm like This was information from your dream? Yeah. I wanna
0: know specifics. <laughs> okay. Those are like big I wanna know what you remember from that dream. So, because I think I think the dream, especially ones that like stay with you for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I think they have they hold a lot of information that continues to be Part of the of the, the lesson that our intuition uh, or or our subconscious or whatever is trying to tell us. There was even another dream. Here's another thing I did to receive info. I went for a walk because I knew I wanted to like be inspired by outside things. Absolutely. I just went for a random walk, followed whatever was inspiring me to just went down random streets. Streets I haven't been down my in my whole 18 years of living in Hollywood. Okay. So, and I remembered uh, one of my dreams that from a couple years ago, and it was something that I had ma- drawn a sketch about, actually. Yeah. Um, so I re- really, re- so that dream stayed with me. So I want to see what visuals and like specific things you remember from that dream.
1: Um. So there was one part of the dream where, um, I don't know if I, did I talk about being in the driver's seat in my dreams? Did I talk to you about that? I can't remember. So ever since I was probably 12 years old, I've had dreams where I'm in a car, and the moment that I realize I'm in the car, I'm looking and it's driving really fast and kind of all over the place, and there may or may not be people in it. And then I realize that when I'm when I'm focusing on like looking over at who's in the car. I'm the only one in the car. so It first started out, I was in the back seat. And I was driving. And every time I realized that I'm the only one in the car, I reached for the steering wheel, it would crash. Eventually, as the years went on, I was in the passenger seat. And then I would reach over for the steering wheel, and it would crash. And then, in this dream, (laughs) I... I was in the driver's seat and there was a kid in the passenger seat and I looked over and he smiled at me and I pulled over and we both got out and we were walking down this like it was in the woods. We were walking down this trail and there was a, there was like this little um, sapling of some tree and for some reason I had a cigarette and I inhaled. And then the sapling exhaled. And I was like, ooh, okay, so definitely stop smoking, you know? Like, And then, but the kid wanted to go further down in the, into the trail and then up up the mountain. And I was holding his hand and I was like, I was like stopping him. I was like, I, I don't think we should go up there, you know? Is one of those like holding him back and he was looking back at me like, aren't you ready? You know? It was it was that kind of. It was the journey of moving through those dreams where I was no no longer in the passenger seat or the back seat, and we didn't crash, and I was with this kid who I interpreted as my inner child, wanting to finally move forward, you know, and I was taking care of him finally, and acknowledging things that were holding me back and behaviors that I knew aren't good for me, you know, things like that. And, um, and wanting to go up to this mountain that we knew we were perfectly capable of handling, but it was the, it was the hesitancy of newness and I'm a person who, I think I, I feel this, this, um, responsibility to my I don't know if this sounds dumb, but I have, a. I feel this responsibility to my, um, uh, what's it called when you have, it's like your, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. So when somebody has like a, a history of who they are, it's like they're, it's what they're known for. It's like they're, um, Hmm reputation? Reputation. Yes. So I I feel like I have a responsibility to my reputation to such a high degree that when I do something for the first time, I want it to be like excellent and noteworthy. And if it's not, I get really upset. Some I I would get really upset in the past. And I'm learning to accept that I'm not going to be great at it the first time I do it more than likely. And I'm learning to be more and more okay with that. But I it used to give me really bad anxiety, like such bad anxiety that I couldn't eat, such bad anxiety that I couldn't sleep. Like I would physically get sick if I tried to eat, like it was intense. And I think it was just like this pressure for my childhood to perform and to, you know, be excellent and to, you know, these intense standards. And it's kind of what fed into my, uh, I'm not good enough insecurity. So that was a really (laughs) depthy dream interpretation, but, uh,
0: I and mean, come on! Like, we're both Sagittarius. <laughs> Sagittarius is about going deep. Yeah. Oh, true think, story. You know, like you know, really like trying to get to that underlying philosophical, spiritual meaning. Yeah. Um. So that makes sense that you. Know, she went all the way back. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and that 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 definitely really like opens things wide. Wide. You know, like. Talking about our history of trauma and our history of fate of, of of like default settings. Yeah, sort dude. Of like I conditioning. I, I tend to end up going back to. Yeah. And I'll reference the card, uh, the justice card. That we have three cards sitting in front of us. So Justice is, I think they call it. Uh, well. I think they call it Trump 11 or I don't want to say that word major. It's <laughs> one of the major cards, number 11 justice. And so one of the things I think is an over that I can really relate to what you just talked about was a lot of my dream world lately compared to what some of the dreams that I can remember from before. Um, I used to remember having a lot of dreams where I would be in a, some sort of claustrophobic position mm, or, or I have yeah. to like fight somebody And, or argue, and I had no voice, I had no muscles. Yes. It was like being, like, knowing that I'm asleep, and my my whole body just is completely stuck, and I can't, I can't advocate for myself in any form. So... And it switched. It switched. I had a dream once where, you know, I... I think I had told myself that I wanted to like, there was some like demon creature or something that was coming after me. And it got me a few times and woke me up out of my sleep. But I had, I as I had become aware of this practice of like being very um, like using my dreams um, and paying attention to my dreams and analyzing my dreams and, and taking information from my dream world and acting it out in my, in my daily life and okay. my waking hours, like that's a that's a a tool okay. that I learned from my witch mentor, the Oracle of L.A. Just to give her a shout out, Amanda Yates Garcia. Um, you know, take something from the dream that you remember, <clears throat> and and bring it into your your waking life somehow. Um, you have to use a little creativity sometimes. I like but, that. But there was this one time where um, I told myself, like, no, I. I'm going to greet this demon, whatever. And, and, and I did one time in my dream, I like, I fought him and I won. I forget. It, it felt like I was maybe driving as well. Mm. And like, I like beat him and took over the, the driver's seat, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Sure. I just know that like, you I did shy away Yeah, and, um, and I did, I think I triumphed. So anyway, but. Yeah, the Dream World is a really fascinating and rich source of of inspiration, I think. And I've found lately that when things when things inspire me to do like I had a victory party, right? Yeah at the Eagle LA to celebrate my <clears throat> international Mr. Leather title. And um there was a moment where I was the only one on stage and we they were looking for a group of people and they all had we had to wait until they got they all were there on, on the stage and I was just had, had a stall and I had been, um, in all of my reflecting and, and, and stuff that I'm meditating and, um, tuning into my inspiration. I had been really exploring the little mermaid plus it's fresh in all of our minds because they just released the movie Mm -hmm. and I just saw it. I've been exploring the little mermaid. And so, um, in that time, I decided to sing the Little Mermaid song. Were you were you there? Were you working? Oh, you were you were off, I guess. Yeah, you took the weekend off. But yeah, I filled that time by singing that song, and that to me was like a really kind of bold. Like I'm quite shy, and for me to just start singing that song um, in this to fill the space, um, I was just really happy that I that I did something That's that felt rad. felt. Um, it just felt playful and pop star and dude. free and and he's referencing my pop star
1: tattoo on my knuckles because I manifested this shit too. Yes, the fuck you did. <laughs> so, what I'm hearing a lot from what you're talking about is it was it brought me back to a question I was going to ask you earlier. Um, when you were growing up, did it feel like there were moments where you weren't permissed? a voice like you weren't allowed to have a voice or you felt stifled in speaking either your truth not not just about being gay but i mean like in any matter where Um, where like now that you've found your voice again in a way you kind of open that throat chakra and exercise that power of your truth well
0: i think it yeah definitely but it I think it's in um for a lot of different reasons. It there's the queer factor. There there's a lot of things about our society that um are really outdated. And again, I'll reference the cards that are sitting in front of us. This is about justice. Like um the 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 queer person in the world or the fem the, the feminine energy, I'm using air quotes because now thankfully we are all starting to like bring up this topic of of the binary and how limiting that is right um there's there's other ways to kind of go at to acknowledge the 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 various sides of of an individual um even calling the masculine and feminine feels right now it feels too limiting i'm not sure exactly where the words are that are supposed to be used but i think i think it was all based in you know you know, I'm also, we're also looking, I'm looking at this in particular, the into, the two, it's the High Priestess generally, but in this deck, the Divine Masculine deck, there, um, the two is called Intuition, and it's this like, fairy man. Mm. He's got like a flowy dress on, and he's got an, a bit of an effeminate yeah. quality to him. And actually, all of these cards in front of us have a bit of a, an effeminate quality to all the characters and um and i think that's part of it and it's even it's even the message of the little mermaid i watched the little mermaid loved it growing up she's the song is so cute she's a cute mermaid (laughs) and um it's it's a great story but i never realized i never really noticed until i watched it as an adult that like of course they take her they, they take the woman's voice away. Right. She can't she can't fight for herself right. whatsoever. Right. Of course the like the the witch the the villain in the character is a sea witch, is a feminine character. It's like it's like generations and generations and years of the feminine receptive sort of um, taking away that power from from anybody, um, from all all of our society. And again, I really feel like this is about justice and all these cards in front of us are the two of swords and the intuition card is about that receptive quality where we kind of stay back and stop not being like, not being so active, you know, um, not actively trying to like force our will into existence. And assertive versus receptive kind of. So a all of those things, aside from my being the queer and gay, like all of those things are coming at all of our society in, you know, in all kinds of directions, which creates this sort of like, I have to be perfect.
1: Like, yeah, dude. I have to do everything right. And I, It falls into one of the, the biggest questions in queer community where do I belong? Where do I fit? And how do I determine that? When do I feel like it's really, when do I feel like I'm there? Because I feel like as we grow, we constantly are changing and developing and, you know, learning new things about ourselves and learning new things about other people. And, and I don't know what I found for myself is like, I just have to fit with me, I just have to be okay with me. But to do that, I have to do the work and the work is a lot of like the uncomfortable shit. The shadow self, you know, is the the stuff that I don't want to admit about myself, the secrets, the you know, the lies that I tell myself. And, you know, the way that I tap into my intuition is my favorite way, at least is is to I've developed a really um, super tight bond with my guides like spirit guides um, high beings like angels and then there's extraterrestrial beings from the Orion star system that came in to my life when I was like 15. Um, The elemental realm, I mean they're from all over the place. Um, Different like pantheons and such. And I tap into um, I tap into them when I'm really trying to focus on opening up that third eye and opening up that intuition as to where am I to be guided? Like, what is my highest self saying to me? Like, what what feels the most right? And I always know when something's wrong. And it's my choice as to, like, do I follow that or not? And over the mistakes that I've made after not listening, I have learned to always follow my intuition because it never steers me wrong. And, like, the more you exercise it, the better you get the more confident you feel and like the more it feels powerful too do you do you feel like that like when you're following your intuition you feel more empowered
0: oh yeah yeah like because of my dream there was this interesting moment in my dream last night where this fairy blew on my face and i instantly had like Prince of Egypt I like eye makeup and yeah. like a different hairdo. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and then another fairy blew in my face again and my look was amped up another level, just like just a little nudge, like the little extra eyeliner. Perfect. And then I like escaped into this cuckoo clock, which was like a kingdom or something. And Right on. And I was like, you know what? Because I was a prince and this was like I was like the prince of Egypt or whatever, like because I was a prince, I need to dress in a formal way to go to this this interview, which is actually also going to be on video. Um, this podcast taping, and I'm like, I'm going to dress like a prince. Fuck because, yeah, dude! That's because like, that's the that's the tool that I learned is that yeah, it enact in your waking hours. Activate a piece it. of your uh, the the vision that came in the dream world. Um, so I don't remember why I told you that story. I lost. You said something. We're
1: talking about um, intuition, feeling powerful. Oh
0: yeah. So that's the thing. It's like it's kind of it's like I don't know. Eighty degrees outside, and I'm gonna go over the hill where it's hotter. uh, And my formal look is full leather. Oh shit. Long sleeves and pants. Like it's not. It's not the most like breathable look, but. But something makes me something from my, from my intuition feels it feels powerful to like show up there like that to commit in that way. And so I think there is a really interesting new source of power when when you get when you start when I've started practicing like getting really in touch with my intuition that um that I've found a different kind of power that I'm not used to, you know. Okay. So, I relate to that. Yeah.
1: You said that you're not used to when 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 and why do you think you started listening to it more or following it more?
0: Um, Well, it's been an accumulation of, I think, maybe what I will call like as I've gotten in more into my like woo woo spirituality, um, which maybe isn't really fair to say, but it seems maybe people will understand better. I think that part of bringing the balance back from this system that. I, that isn't working for the world, um, which is all based on measurable, um, you know, productivity and things that you can measure and, right, um, right. and, uh, science or something, you know, what's based in like logic and reality or whatever, like there, there is
1: quantifiable reality.
0: Yeah. There's like, I think there's a lot of power and validity in things like magic and, um, witchcraft and um play and the imagination the imagination above all like has the power to like i don't know create um the force that that is necessary to like create a new system you know
1: well they they say uh thoughts are your reality your thoughts are your reality everything if you look around you right now everything that you see was once somebody's idea Everything that you see, like the design down to like construction, architecture, you know, art, whatever the fuck, your furniture, your clothes. It was all an idea. Yeah. And you uh, it's it comes back to the beginning of our podcast of like all these ideas. How do you make them come to fruition? What are the steps? Right. Mm -hmm. And the steps. I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself. It's just about simplifying. And especially when things feel so urgent and there's, it seems to be like, I feel like I've been hearing a lot of people saying they feel overwhelmed. Like there's just a lot going on. They feel like they have so many, so many things going on and you know, how do you, how do you manage it all? Yeah. And that's, it's that like priority triage like what like where do you find the most importance
0: well i think you did hit hit the nail on the head there when you said simplify like when everything feels a bit overwhelming it is there is a, a, an important like okay let's just like rest or something take a step back right take a look at everything and what is the like what is the like gentle or um easy next sort of step there simplifying is important because i think uh i'm
1: i can be really good at overcomplicating everything that was in one of my readings the other day yeah is from and it was from my guide specifically like i was in an akashic record reading and if you did we talk about the akashic records before no but this leads me back to another thing
0: which i want you to maybe elaborate on because i don't have this experience of like necessarily feel like when you talk about your guides it feels like you guys like are sitting at um by the fire like roasting marshmallows and having a back and forth conversation and my sort of um messages from the universe or whatever come from like me looking at my tarot cards or I don't know, analyzing my dreams. It's like,
1: I don't Dude. usually feel like I'm in conversation necessarily. Dude, there, so I'm it, wondering, like, how do I get there? There's like levels. So when I first started, it all came from my cousin. I think I talked about her before. Her name's Sanuda. Shout out to Sanuda. Um, where When I was nine years old, she taught me all about energy and light working and healing and, and you know, fairies and, and dragons and Merlin and, you know, like all these things, you know, Gaia and different energies and entities and angels and you know numerology and astrology all this stuff and she told me about my my first guide who has been with me she's like she said he's been with you since the beginning and like the beginning of my lives all of them, from the very beginning so i he is my main guide his name i i asked him his name his name is proteus he's a wolf and he's been with me since the beginning and so he was the one that I first started contacting. And at first, because I lived in a haunted house and it was scary as fuck, he was my protector. And he would like ward off any negative whatever that was there. And that was his role for like the longest time was just to protect. And then it took me, I mean, I didn't ask him his name until six years ago. And then, and then all of a sudden, all of this... All of the sudden, shit. Now I can't remember if it's all of us. All of,
0: I think it's all of us.
1: All of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, so whatever you wanted to. Be. My partner Mike would fucking rip my head off for that one. Uh. Anyway, so all of a sudden, um, there started to be a little bit. I could hear him more. It was this clear audience. It was this very distinct voice. He calls me boy, and I know it's a message from him, uh, because he always ends most of his sentences with boy like wear your crown boy as in remember to like stand up tall like own your cosmic regality you are you have sovereignty you know own your space kind of a thing and um and I would hear that it was very simple messages at first and then the more that I interacted with him and and talked to him and asked for guidance and the more that I would get back And the more that I did this over the years though, over the last six years, I got this correspondence and it was a little choppy at first. And I had to, you know, I would, I used to have to do all this fanfare and like a whole ritual to like get in a space where I could channel this energy. And then after a while I was getting it outside of my apartment, outside of, you know, away from my altar. And then I started hearing other guides. And I started feeling other presences and I started channeling other spirits like my grandmother, or now it's my, one of my late best friends, Aaron, who had passed away earlier this year. He's one of my guides now and I feel them. It's clairsentience. I have, I feel I I get full body chills, rolling chills, and I yawn in their presence. Like I yawn it in, I don't know how to describe it i I don't know if i if I've heard other channelers talk about that when they're channeling if they have like different cues or whatever.
0: hold on, I'm about to yawn yeah
1: <laughs> okay, so the point is what I'm getting at is uh, I just had to keep interacting, and then now I told you about this uh, this moment that I had the other day where like it was a full blown conversation and it's not fully with one guide they'll like each take the mic you know some it'll be my grandmother for a little bit and then it'll be Aaron and he he has more to say and then Proteus will step in and then you know it'll go through the roster of like uh I think I have I have 13 wolves in total and I've channeled all of their names that was crazy that was a download that I got uh, a few months ago and then probably 10 other main guides that work with me, um, and then like another 10 that are every once in a while.
0: That's fascinating because I have like my voice in my head or my like higher self, maybe some often, I suppose. Yeah, often. Um, but other than that, I have the inner saboteur.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have that one too. (laughs) I definitely have that one. (laughs) One point I called,
0: I decided to call her Brenda, (laughs)
1: fucking Brenda, dude.
0: Um but uh yeah, that voice, I'm familiar with that voice. She is um you know, she is always trying to point me in the direction of like making sure that I have researched every angle, I suppose right. is maybe a healthy way of saying that, but she does it usually in a mean way. But we hate um. Brenda.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. We accept you, Brenda, because you're a part of us. Yes. And that's part of the the you know, the not so positive reinforcement. Sometimes we, sometimes I, I should say, respond to a fucking slap in the face saying, Hey, you're not listening, you know? And like, it has to be a little bit more abrasive sometimes because I'm an experiential repetitious learner. And sometimes I just keep choosing the thing, even though it doesn't make sense for me anymore mm. until I realize that it doesn't make sense and I choose differently. But I was talking about the Akashic records yeah, and how, uh, my guide said that, fuck, what, it was, he had mentioned something and my guide said that, okay, whatever. We'll just describe the Akashic Records. If you don't know what that is, it is this record place, um, that exists, that holds all of a soul's information of, like, where it's been, who it's been, um, when it's been past, present, future, um, all throughout time, anything that has happened is happening or will or could happen are in the Akashic records. And there are people who are called Akashic record readers who channel information from the Akashic record keepers who are like these divine be- beings who hold um, your like records, like a soul's records, right? So you can ask them anything The funny thing is this is the first time this happened to me because uh, one of my spiritual mentees is actually an akashic record reader and so we do a reading every other Friday um, he told me that um that there's information that we're not allowed to know yet so they'll like they won't they'll hold off on that information because it will it'll force us to focus on it. Like, for instance, I asked, when am I moving and where am I moving? The when was, you know, however many months. And then the next time I asked, they said, it's, it's not important. And then when I said where, they said, you can't, we can't let you know that right now. Because then you'll focus on that and it'll change your, your trajectory. It'll change your momentum, you know, all that stuff. It's time to focus more presently than out there. So it's really interesting the kind of guidance that we receive from all angles, right? But learning to tap into your own intuition is, is one of the most important spiritual tools that anybody could ever foster and nurture. It's, it's, it is the reason I feel so spiritually secure. And it is the, it, it's the warning sign for when I'm feeling off and i know that i i know that when it's that like that warning sign's going off it's saying like hey you need to slow down or hey you need to rest or hey you need to like reel this back you're too involved you need to remove yourself like i was i wasn't aware of those things until i started tapping into my intuition more regularly
0: well for me this week it was ta- it reminded me that I am putting something off. I'm putting off doing some work that I was afraid to do. Yep. Yep. And so the Brenda came back and was like, punch yourself in the face. That's my thing. And I learned when I went to, I took a psychology class, um, last semester. And I learned that that sort of behavior has a name. And this is something that I've revisited throughout my life. And, um, Anyway, that the name of that behavior is um, non-suicidal self-injury, and it's, it's got to be taken seriously because the next step after doing that, having that kind of, um, those thoughts or those actions, um, particularly the actions, um, because the actions will just lead to more intense, the right. next step is actual suicide. So
1: Or like cutting um, or
0: whatever, yeah. Exactly. It's in the same vein. And I thought just because I was like punching myself in the face that like that's not the same as cutting. It's not as like
1: it is drastic like, or something. Yeah,
0: it's not as serious. Um, but yeah, so when I had that when I had that like thought this week, it was kind of a surprise because I haven't ha- haven't had those that visitor for a while. I analyzed it with the help of somebody who just showed up in my life actually through Instagram a guy called the leather coach his right is, on his name is a guy um anyway but like he uh he was like what you know what is it trying to teach you and i and i realized in in answering all the questions that he had laid out for me um that the voice was trying to tell me that like i just wasn't doing all the research necessary i was sort of like s- staying in fear and not actually um getting into action and so um it's interesting so the like the saboteur voice is sort of like also a helper of sorts you know right um anyway so yeah that's what it
1: reminded me this week can you talk about your relationship with that darkness and like oh here we go at the very end here of our hour we wondered what we were
0: going to talk about today and you brought up the the shadow work. Yeah. And, and then, okay, so here we are. <laughs> Continue your question.
1: No, it's just your relationship with the darkness and how you've grown to interpret it differently over the years. Like your relationship to it, how that's changed or if it's changed.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I will say that I've had to be very, I've had to take my spiritual seeking and, um, you know, also my sobriety. My sobriety was uh, essential because without the sobriety, that darkness is way more intense, way, way more intense. And throughout sobriety, I'm 12 years sober now, it it still is um, a very like, We have an intimate connection with each other and um, it's interesting. I went to go see um, sort of a legend in the leather community, somebody who's written books about, um, you know, the BDSM um, lifestyle. His name is Guy Baldwin and he was IML number 11 I believe in 1989, like could be wrong about the year there, but. He, I went to see him last week and I was intimidated okay. by, I, I, I knew I could have met him before, but I was intimidated to meet him and oh. I, I saw him last week and something, I don't forget what we talked about in our conversation, but it was, his response was that, oh, of course you have a really intense dark side because to have a intense, a really intense light, you also have to have that um that adversary uh, Absol- in order to yeah. to to teach you how to i don't know like like hone your power um yeah so um <clears throat> so yeah it has been a long journey um but i think one of the the most helpful tools that and i found this in a meditation um i realized in my meditation that One of the, like, reasons why I want to, like, beat myself up um, is I think it's attached to that idea around, like, the patriarchal capitalist or whatever society that we live in tries to abolish the the imagination, Mm. the, like, softer side. The creator the create the creative creative side and you know the side that allows for like a gentle sort of learning how to do things all the system that we live amongst um is really about like how about i beat you into doing things absolutely right. fear based and um and it's sort of like hor- like a- asserting <clears throat> whoever is the strongest, whoever can assert their power over the the weaker, will be the will reign victorious. So right. I right. honestly think that all of that is just shit that I that absorb. We've all absorbed, not just me, exerting not just queer force. People. Yeah, it's it's how all of the societies have sort of been run, and um, so I find that magic and the imagination and whispering to my mickey mouse fucking love that um doll um has all been part of the antithesis of all of that that which has been our society tells us this is a waste of time like, right right you're you're a grown man you can't whisper to stuffed toys anymore do whatever
1: the fuck i and, want
0: and the truth is that kids have it right
1: yeah you know? dude absolutely this is absolutely about, this to is about
0: returning returning to the power that we already I already had that we all already had we just forget this is about re- society remembering. makes
1: us yeah dude and again
0: that's why i say the justice the justice card was not a surprise that it fell out today right. to me because i've been getting it in a lot of my readings so yeah. it's interesting to use tarot and to witness like, oh, this card keeps on coming up. This card keeps on coming up. The devil card keeps on coming up. The justice card keeps on coming up. Um, so, you know, it has been, I, I take my, my healing and my, um, my recovery, my sober recovery. I take it seriously. I see a therapist and I invest in, in having new experiences and, I invest in seeking and I went to school and I took psychology classes to find out what the fuck is going on with my, my mind, you know, that feels, that feels insane sometimes. Absolutely. um, And knowledge is power. So I just keep on exploring and keep on trying new things. And, um, that, the voice, that, that adversary though, it it comes up still and I don't expect that it's ever necessarily going to completely go away. It's just how I how I how I deal with it
1: absolutely and I think I don't yeah I don't know if it ever will go away I think that we just have to become friends with it yeah you know and really just kind of learn how to interact learn better relationships to ourselves it's really I mean it's what I do as a relationship coach a communication coach is the first step in communication coaching is identifying how we communicate with ourselves. you know and what does that look like what is the relationship you know, um, you mentioned something earlier about having to experience a, a vast amount of darkness to be able to emit the the amount of light that you do. That, um, is the balance of light worker, shadow walker. And a lot of people don't talk about shadow walking where being a shadow walker is somebody who had to, who was born into this incarnation with the knowledge that they were going to have to experience some really fucking heavy shit to be able to emit the light that they set out to shine. To be that bright, they had to be equally dark or experience equal darkness to be able to have that balance and have that that perspective and have that contrast. Light worker, shadow walker, you know, and it's and then shadow work is what are we figuring out within that darkness? What are we figuring out within that space? You know what's our relationship to that? Do we try to bury it? Do we try to shy away from it do we are we embarrassed by it? You know like what are these things are as a much of part of us as the things that we are proud to promote generally you know and it's a it's a long journey to get there, and it's a lot of work and it's like it's it's hard a lot of the time. It's hard to face ourselves. It's hard to face our demons, you know. But once you do, like I said, you can learn how to interact with them more appropriately. You can learn not to shame yourself for experiencing an emotion that's unfavorable or an ideal or whatever. And just be fucking gentler. Like you're talking about before, you know, coming back to that inner child, the curiosity, the wonder, the play, the awe. The inspired, you know, like it's, it's so much more whimsical when you follow that route. And I think finding that balance is really about how do I exist in this day to day life and still entertain and introduce and uh, activate that child inside of me who is just begging to be let out.
0: Yeah. The secret is you whisper to your stuffed Fuck Yeah, dude. Um, stuffed animals,
1: <laughs> <laughs> stuffed um, Mickey's. Yeah, so. Well, that was lovely. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground, um, but no, that's justice, intuition, balance, shadow work, um, learning how to be more in tune with your your inner child. It's all. It's all about. You know, growing up is about growing in. And I think the further you go in, the more you realize that life is meant to be enjoyed. And the more ease that we can introduce into our lives, the more happiness that flows.
0: Yes, definitely. I'm wondering also if we can spit out some of these um, ideas. Um, The visions that I have, Mm -hmm. that I... I'd see, yeah. In these last two minutes, like, to see what, you know, if any of these things that are spinning actually come about. For instance, I have this idea to create a altar um, with pieces that I have attained from my travels throughout IML. And I also have this idea that maybe I'm going to go to study abroad a semester in Spain because I'm a Spanish major. Fuck yeah. Maybe... Um, I'm going to be a queer studies minor. So like, these are different things that I've been percolating. I don't know what's going to take hold. Do you have any that you can spit out in a one minute?
1: Okay. Um, uh, well, my visions, the ones that were most immediate that I, that came to me in my most me- recent meditation were, um, being a professional speaker. I actually spoke that affirmation, um, a professional speaker and being a respected and trusted authority in the field of relationships. As a relationship coach, it's important to be an authority on your field. Um, and that's what, what's going to, what that is going to take is more research, more integration into that community, uh, a little bit more involvement in, um, knowing different people who are authorities and learning about that.
0: And moving somewhere apparently.
1: Oh, uh, no. Uh, that's for another. That's for another episode. But okay. uh, my partner in San Francisco, we were talking about uh, who's moving where. So to be continued.
0: Ah, what a lovely cliffhanger <laughs> to, to leave everything on. But I wanted to mention a little bit about where we're going. So yeah, to be continued.
1: To be continued.